Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American-made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out URBNSV. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 equip.com A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy. Get yours today at a3equip.com. Proceed with caution. All doctors to the ER. Do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. All right, we are back with the next episode of Squared Away. How's your weekend been, my dude? It's been good. It's been good. Kids are uh, energizing. And depleting at the same time. 100%. All we've, at the same time. We've had one of those weekends where it's like, so it's Sunday night here when we're recording this or Sunday afternoon. And it's been one of those weekends where like, I'm ready for bed. Like it's been a full weekend, just balls of the walls every, you know, not every minute of every day, but damn near. And I'm just like, all right, like I'm ready to go to bed and get back to like normal work day Monday. <laughs> I just got to learn to sleep in now. Yeah. Yeah. We were out late last night and I told Martin, I was trying to, my plan was to sleep till nine this morning and I was up staring at the ceiling at five 30. So went to the gym anyways, I was going to take a day off, but if I'm up at five 30, nobody else is up doing anything. So went in, worked out. It was good. Got my cardio in my stairs, watched some fight club. Then got arm day in. Watch some fight club. Oh, while you're doing cardio. Yeah. While I'm doing the stairs. Yeah. It's just just anything to keep your mind occupied while you're walking up stairs for 30 minutes. Ooh. Damn. That, mach- that machine sucks. Damn. Speaking of that, let's hit, uh, hit the pillars. Then. Yeah, let's get into it. Physical. You want to go? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so because we knew we, we had a very eventful weekend, I kind of went light the end of the week. And it's really interesting. Like I still I still got through everything, still got into good workouts, still got my cardio in. I swam my three days this week. But it's almost harder for me to do like a light workout of the same 
activities than it is to just go balls the walls. Like I'm like, all right. And I'm doing them, you know, do, doing squats, like 225 squats. And I'm just like, all right, well, let's put some more plates on. No, dumbass. Like we're doing light day, you know, but oh, it was, it's yeah. like, you're, it's, it's so functional and so in a groove that you're just like, all right, but got everything in, um, did some more accessory work than I normally would have and worked on the, you know, the glute bridges and did more of the, of the, uh, quadriceps and hamstrings and a bunch of extra stuff that I, I mean, I do do, but I don't do as much, Yeah. but I still need to, I need to put some more effort this next few weeks into my mobility and my hips. My mobility is tightening up, which I've gotten strong. Like my, my squat has gotten very, very strong in the last few months, but I can definitely tell that my mobility is, is down in my hips, which doesn't help. Well, so, but getting my swimming, I got seven laps, I think Friday. It was nice. Like I've, I've the last probably Thursday and Friday, I just booked a half hour lane yeah. and swam in the middle of the day, went back to work afterwards, but it was like, you know, one thirty to two run in, change, swim, change, go back to work. And it's awesome. Like I could almost do that every day. If I, if I had the ability to jet over and do it, I'm not always in town, but oh. um, I'm up to seven laps. So I just got to get three more and done. <laughs> I should keep going though, because it really has increased my, my cardio. I've, I've definitely noticed huge gains in my cardio. Yeah. Um, so I should keep doing it, but we'll see what happens after I hit my goal. The, the swimming goal. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, my physical 5k goal. Yeah. How's that going? Um, well, I haven't been focusing on the time, um, based on what we talked about. I've been focusing actually on my knees. Yeah. So I've been uh, doing a lot of stuff in the last couple of months, actually, before this challenge. Uh, uh, have you heard of the knees over toes guy? No. So on Instagram, this guy is, uh, he's got a lot of good tips and I think he's got a program going for helping with knee pain and his handle, I believe is uh, knees over toes guy okay. is literally what it is. And, um, and I used to have a lot of knee pain, really tight calves cause I tore uh, my left calf a couple of times. And a lot of hip pain, but this, his program has been helping a ton. I mean, this, uh, I squatted three times heavy this week and, um, I'm back up over 400 easily again. And, um, yeah, today it was just, I felt strong. I squatted heavy, uh, a little weaker than Tuesday. Tuesday, I just was throwing it up and then, uh, did a uh, weighted Bulgarian squats, just put a barbell on my back and then, um, did, uh, I've been doing a lot of lunges. Lunges. Huge. So between that, stiff-legged deadlifts, my ass is bubbling up like oh, you're gonna probably look, something I can't repeat. But. You're going to look like one of those rap guys' girlfriends. <laughs> probably. Oh, my God, Becky, look uh, at his butt. Start wearing tights. Oh, I got some running tights. I'm going to have to break them out pretty soon. The, the old orange running tights. <laughs> Bitches are awesome. You have to wear those to the gym. Yeah, I'm not going to wear them to the gym. They just That's just for outdoor activities is all those are for. <laughs> Wife but, loves them, though. Oh. But, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. So I'm getting my knees healthy. Um, I mean, I'll put a mile in. Yeah. I don't tie myself in the mile, but I'm just trying to make sure my oxygen is up and I'm not like having a heart attack yeah. at the end. And then I'll put my, uh, weight vest on and I got a treadmill in the garage. I'll put it up to incline and maybe go 45 minutes to an hour on it. But, um, I think the big thing I've been doing physically is getting in the sauna almost every day. And that has been a game changer. Are you going at a specific time like you're not going right after a workout are you no okay i'm going uh right before bed 
because one, so one thing I know, sleep. one thing I know that I read, um, and I have not looked any further into this, but initially there was a thought that a sauna or a hot tub right after a workout could reduce the inflammation that causes the compensatory mechanisms for your body to actually build yeah, the muscle. I've heard that. Yep. Um, I avoid that. So that was one thing I was, I was kind of curious whether you're doing, cause you don't want to, you don't want to do that. And then all of a sudden you're like, I mean, and you wouldn't, you would never notice, but you don't want to hurt any of the gains recovery yeah yeah so yeah i've heard that uh, a while back too so yeah. i always make sure uh, i try to avoid it because i know there are some people that work out and then they're like well i'm gonna go sit in the sauna for 40 minutes and that's probably not what you want to do and I, and I think it's a big difference right like if you're a if you're an endurance athlete and and you're running oh, yeah. 30 40 miles and then hitting a sauna or hitting an ice bath i think that's very different because you are reducing a lot of the inflammation in your joints whereas like you know we're, we're lifters and a lot of what we're doing is you want that hypertrophy you want that inflammation that causes that compensatory mes- mechanism for your body to get stronger so yeah i think that's very different but yeah so yeah hitting that right before bed about 40 minutes at 140 I threw that yeah. 5K in this week, whatever day it was, Thursday or Wednesday morning, yeah, when right. I, and You're, I uh, busted out the 5K. I just around. went out to run, and I was like, all right, fuck it. Well, I'm already 10 laps in, and that's a mile. I was like, I might as well do, do three going. miles. And I did it, and then I didn't think any more of it. And I woke up the next day, and my fucking feet hurt, and I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, why do my fucking feet hurt so bad? And then Shoes I remembered, I'm like, oh, yeah, I ran fucking three miles. Just oh. not normal. I'm not used to it, you know? What shoes are we wearing? Those clouds. Oh, the clouds? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, those are actually pretty good. Oh, they're probably for great, running, but just if you still, you don't do it regularly <laughs> right. and then you just do it, you're going to, you're going to feel it. But as far as your shins weren't screaming. No. Yeah. Shins were fine. Knees were fine. Just my feet. Yeah. But I do a lot of other cardio, right? Like, you know, I, I mean, I do the, the, um, the stairs and the bikes and shit like that. I just don't run. So that's a big difference. There is the oh. impact there, but well, the I mean, cardio has got to help, right? Yeah. 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 The, yeah. That's a lot of cardio <laughs> there. Whew. Especially the last few weeks. Damn. Um, but you know, the the thing is, is like just putting in the effort, just just doing something. Like there's a lot of days where where you go in and you don't maybe you don't feel like it, but those are the days where it fucking matters. Because oh, yeah. if you only work out on the days where you really feel like it, you ain't gonna get shit done. You're not gonna get to any goals. It's just like if you only work on a business the days that you really feel motivated or inspired, or if you only write on your book the days you feel motivated and inspired, you ain't gonna get shit done. Oh yeah. You need to put in the fucking work and put in, put in the effort on every day, all the days are, you know, all the days that you're planning on doing it. You know, if you, if you're planning on writing a book or you're planning on working on a business, like the days where you're not feeling motivated and inspired, but you have a fucking schedule where you're going to go from, you know, nine to 10 and you're going to write, or you're going to go to the gym from, you know, noon to one, whatever, like put in the fucking work. Don't just go and walk around. Yeah. Plus when you're in the gym, I mean, there's so many times in my, my head mentally that I'm like, well, Oh, what if I just, uh, I'll cut it down to three sets, right? And the minute your mind goes to that, I would just say, you know what? I better do two more sets then. Yep. Or even three more sets. Yep. You know, because you're never going to walk out of that gym and regret that you did that. No. So. And it's, and it's building the mental strength. It's building, it's building that mental strength to know that when you, when you fucking need to do it, you will get up to it. Yep. But yeah, emotionally, um, after the mindset podcast, really been focusing on on that growth mindset and especially with the kids and, and my youngest daughter really, you know, um, we always have since since I read that book the first time, probably five, six years ago, but really, you know, knuckling down and, and reiterating the um, praising the efforts and praising the 
the mindset she has and and her ability to stick to things when she does stick to them versus praising her outcome and just trying to really build that with my kids and and also with myself um like like the days that you don't want to fucking do it and making sure that that you're you know realizing the days that you don't want to do it and you do do it like congratulations man like you put in the work so that's, you know, my emotional work has been really focusing on that growth mindset, especially after the last podcast again. And that's the, that's one of the best things about these podcasts for me is like, it reminds me shit that I knew and the books that I've read and the things that I've changed in my life. But Hey, remember this, maybe shine a little light on that corner again for yeah. a little bit. No, that's good. I think, uh, emotionally we got a lot of feedback on the, on the mindset. Um, I've gotten messages where people are like, Hey, uh, I never, I've never looked at it that way, you know, instead of people watching, just start identifying, you know, who the fixed and growth mindsets are. And um, I think at some point, maybe we do a podcast on, you know, relationships in that in that square of yeah of dealing with mindsets, because I see a lot of couples that are completely the opposite and it's a source of friction. And it's tough, man. It's tough when you got somebody that like, you know, like we talked about, Carol talks about in the book. And when you have somebody that says, Hey, let's improve this. And then somebody that takes that as a slight or gets hurt oh, yeah. because they're fixed mindset. I'm, I'm not exactly hundred percent sure how one person can be a growth mindset and the other person has a fixed mindset. I mean, I guess you can, you know, try to open them up and push them to become a growth mindset, but it's like we talked about in the relationship podcast. Like I, I know how to help people help themselves. I can't help people that don't want to help themselves. Right. And I don't know how to, to ignite that in somebody. And it's, if it's your spouse, yeah. fuck man, that's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Cause you're dealing with almost a 24 seven. I mean, that's a relationship that's intimate and every nook and cranny of your soul. Yeah. And the problem you got is that I don't know there's fixed and growth mindsets, a foundation for perspective. Yeah. So if you are completely on opposite ends of perspectives, I mean, there's not just arguments, but man, there's some critical, critical, uh, I guess, uh, foundational beliefs and opinions in your life that are going to be affected. So I don't know. It's a, it's a big one. And I think with uh, everything going on in current events too today that, I don't know, it's, you gotta, people are going to have to choose sides at some point. Yeah. And I know uh, there's always rumors about, oh, there's a civil war. I don't think it's that bad, but I think there's a a mental war going on and there's a huge divide and people are either taking one side or the other. And I have seen and heard stuff going on with families that are just, you know, arguing over crap. And it's not just about the Trump era. You know, it's it's about what's going on right now. I mean, now you got vaccines and all that BS. So. So before I go too far, I mean, emotionally, I mean, that's kind of where I've been. I think the mindset thing was really good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what's next spiritually? Spiritual. Spiritual. My my spiritual, um, I went, I, I, so I've been putting off reading this subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Mason. Yeah, isn't that? And I've had a bunch of people that, that have told me about it. And really, I, I guess I looked at the cover and I thought it was kitschy. And I was like, this guy's just going to try to be obscene just to be obscene to try to get extra attention because that's what you need in the world right now. I was like, I don't need that shit. Like, I'm just like, whatever. And <laughs> I passed sells. by it and I've passed by it for years and years. And I mean, the book's been out forever and I've had multiple people tell me to read it. And finally, I'm like, all right, fuck it. It's on my list. Like, I'll read it. And uh, and I read it and it's awesome. And one thing that it reminded me amongst a million different things is the story of of, of the Buddha. 
and how he had everything and his father tried to basically numb the world, numb him from the world or, or shelter him from the world. So they didn't ever have to see uh, pain and hardship. And then what happened when he left the castle and, and that one I've been kind of ruminating on in my head and what, what Buddhism is and, and what his, what he did with that and how he basically found peace inside himself versus always looking outside and just been kind of letting that one sit and, and ruminate in my brain. And, and the, you know, that book had nothing to do with that, but he brings up that story and talks about, um, talks about the Buddha and, and his past. And that kind of reminded me about that little, that little part of Buddha and basically the, what made the Buddha, the Buddha. Yeah. Wasn't just a Chinese restaurant thing. People was not just, just the and, yeah. The fat guy was not the Buddha. We've talked about this five. <laughs> we talked we've talked about, about this a bunch of times. The, the Buddha, Asian dude. He sat under a tree for forty days without eating, waiting to be enlightened. So realistically, he's probably a really fucking skinny guy. Yeah, not fat, but yeah. So that was that's been my spiritual. Yeah, my spiritual has actually been pretty good. I mean, it goes alongside with what's happened with my career, and um, I think we talked about it. It's new challenges. And granted, it's not easy, but for some reason, when, when I wrap that challenge with gratitude, it's, um, it makes life a hell of a lot easier. So, I mean, we face a supply chain challenge. I face, you know, learning, you know, um, a new way to approach an industry, a new industry in general, but having waking up in the morning and just being grateful for, Hey, I got this job. I got a great boss with a great company and, you know, it just changes your perspective. Quick, and, quick gratitude, quick gratefulness journal entry. You know, fucking my wife texts me, hey, I'm grateful for this today. And I text her back, I'm grateful for this. Like something simple like that. It, it sounds so dumb, but it is one It's one of like the top 10 things that you hear from all the most, you know, amazingly functional, successful people in the world is just a great some sort of simple gratefulness practice. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, that's what we're talking about with with working on getting squared away is what does your practice look like? We talk about where we're at, but what does your practice look like? What effort are you putting in? Because we're not putting in the effort, then what's the fucking point? Right. Yeah. And go, you set that discipline to, every day. Yeah. Go go listen to, you know, fucking ESPN podcast, I guess. <laughs> um, There's some strong content there. I, I bet there is. I'm not I don't a, know. I'm not a sports guy. I don't even watch ESPN anymore. <laughs> I'm just I'm just not a sports guy. I never have been like I can sit down and watch part of a football game, but it's more for like the fun of being at somebody's house and, you know, hanging out with friends yeah. and it is watching the game. I really could give a shit. I know that that's going to blow, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. But I don't care. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge football guy. I mean, played football for so many years, um, even beyond college. And, you know, I love football. I love watching the games. I used to watch, you know, every game on Sundays, but it got to a point where it's like okay, I need to really self-evaluate what I'm doing with my time here. I mean, what is it if I catch every single play of the Packers game and what happens after? What benefit have I created for myself? What have I accomplished? So at this point, uh, when I'm feeling like I got to, I need to, you know, listen to the Packer game like today. Um, you know, I have Fubo TV, which works awesome, by the way. And I buy it for all my kids because I have like 10 seats I can give, you know, my kids can watch games and everything's streamed. You can get any. My youngest can watch a Kansas City game if he wants. But I just put it on my phone. I go to the gym. I put the headset on. And guess what? I get my workout done. Or if I go 
put it on. I go run to, you know, Aranda Trader Joe's today to pick up some, you know, groceries. But I'm getting something done yeah. in that amount of time. Multitasking. And, yeah, and still enjoying the game if I want. But I just learned it's like when, when I got away from it, having to watch every single stupid-ass play, I didn't miss it. No. Yeah, I didn't lose any value in my life at all. In fact, you know, I, I got more done. Yeah. So very rarely will I sit just like you and watch – a game unless it's with you know friends and family and it's at an event and then it's more about them it's more about yeah. the people it's more about the enjoyment it's the camaraderie it's the entertainment it's the fun right like right. that's what we're we're not only here to fucking you know nose of the grindstone work 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 every day like i enjoy things but i don't need things to enjoy i enjoy people i enjoy time i enjoy you know encounters i enjoy experiences yeah so um current events holy shit right current events there's a lot there alec baldwin killed a lady yeah with a prop gun which is i don't understand i, I don't know the hollywood vibe I mean, I mean i know the brandon lee story where they're supposed to be using blanks yeah and they put an actual somebody somebody put a bullet in a blank gun when brandon lee died like it was on purpose somebody somebody loaded a gun so that brandon lee would would be murdered yeah um this one i don't understand i know i've read some some headlines where the the woman who was in charge who is the head armorer um was on a podcast a month or two ago and like questioned her abilities to be yeah. a head armorer um we i guess we have to say it was an accident right but yeah it's just... what what how does how does that happen i mean do you did somebody accidentally put a real bullet in the gun or you would have to have real rounds on the set right that's what i don't Somebody understand would have to bring a real round yeah unless they were they just had a box of rounds laying there why would i don't understand that whole that's where Hollywood i'm completely thing. disconnected because a blank if, if you guys have never seen a blank a blank is legitimately a, a shell casing with a, a live primer and powder and then it's crimped closed on the top there's no bullet yeah it's just a crimped closed piece of brass you don't like accidentally put a fucking i mean i guess you if you were completely detached from reality and not paying any attention to your job you could accidentally do that but it's not like you accidentally like oh shit the red tip bullets are blanks the black tip bullets are live like it's not like that there is no fucking bullet it's yeah. just a it's a brass casing crimped closed yeah there's no point for those of you who don't understand what a bullet looks like is literally it looks like a freaking damaged bullet yeah so that I'm I'm with you, man. I'm completely dumbfounded how that happens. And and my wife said something about um, sometimes they use live rounds on set, but I don't understand oh. why you would do that because where where are they going? Yeah, are they shoot? You know, where are they shooting? Are they shooting into into the the, the dirt? That's still even dangerous. Yeah. So I don't believe why they would use live yeah, rounds on set. A, it's not the A team where you shoot something and something explodes. You know, like no. all these grenades in Hollywood. I have no idea how these pineapples all of a sudden cause these fireballs. So do we know that it was actually a bullet or was it maybe the compression? Like he held it up and it was too close to her and the compression killed her. I don't. I'm so fucking confused yeah, about from, this Alec Baldwin. From what thing. I saw, it was they said it was a bullet because I had to read it because I was like, okay, this is the most like anti you know gun nut yeah i'm like how in the world is this anti-gun nut going on a set grabbing a gun and yeah you know killing somebody first of all he must have been close enough because i don't think he probably would have hit a broadside of a barn i no, don't know what well, so my, my guess is like if maybe he 
was that bad of an aim. Like, he wasn't aiming at anything. He was just firing it and thinking it was blank. I don't fucking know. A lot more is going to have to come out about this before we can even talk about it. I am just completely dumbfounded how that goes from blank prop gun to live round bullet killing person and wounding another person. Yep. So confused. Well, that's the Entertainment Tonight version of the uh, Squared Away podcast. Yeah, yeah, no covered. shit, right? Ryan so. Laundry. <laughs> we can get into that. We don't even need to get yeah, into that one. We've talked about celebrities before, really. No, um, no, we haven't. So rolling into current events as far as the economy-wise. So you have Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, going on Twitter talking about, oh, no, there's going to be um, uh, mass inflation coming up. So, and this is coming from a guy who's basically censored everybody that's been trying to tell the truth on his social network. I will, I will predict it right now. And then let's say five years from now, I'll be the guy that they're, that you see, you see the ads about in your trading account where they're like, so-and-so predicted this four years before it happened. But (laughs) um, daycares are closing because there's no one to work. Restaurants are closing because there's no one to work. Feeling that right now. Assembly lines are working one shift when they need to work two. Shipping is a problem across the board. If if you guys, if you've never thought about how an economy works, it's not rocket science. Yes, the psychology of work and the psychology of an economy and the psychology behind it all, that is much more, much deeper, but it is a big fucking reciprocating pie. And if you have a dollar, it goes from your pocket to a restaurant's pocket. That dollar then gets split up and goes into a worker's pocket and into the food distribution company's pocket and into the restaurant owner's pocket and into the person that owns the building's pocket. And it's just this big dollar that circles around and we call that the pie, right? It's a big pie. Well, if we are, everything is costing more to that restaurant owner to the food company, right? So let's go way back to the to the to the base, right? The farmer raises a chicken, okay? That chicken then goes to a production plant. That production plant has to pay people that sit there and rip that chicken apart. There's not like a mechanical assembly line where a, a little electric saw comes in and cuts the chicken legs off and cuts the right. chicken breast off. No, this is like so these lines are running slower than they ever have. They're separated out further than they ever have. They're hurting for staffing. They have to pay their staff more because that's how this works. If you are hurting for staffing, you have to increase the amount of wages that you're paying because either that or you get less done. Right. So that right there has to go into the price of that chicken. Okay. So that price of that chicken goes up. Well, now we need to get that chicken from the factory to the restaurant. All right. Well, we're short on truck drivers. We're short yeah. on warehousing staff. Yeah. We're short on everything. Short of materials, short packaging, of, yep. everything else. Okay. Yep. So then that price has to go up. So we've already increased the price of the chicken. We've increased the price of the transportation of the chicken. And we're not even to the restaurant yet. So we show up at the restaurant. The restaurant has to pay a cook, pay a waitress, usually, unless you're at a, you know, whatever, even if you're at a, right. even, even if you're if at a fast food, you still have to pay a cashier. Hour, yep. Yeah. Okay. So they're short staffed. So they have to pay more. 
that's going to go into the end amount of your chicken sandwich or your baked chicken or whatever you're getting. Yeah. So we've now increased the chick price of the chicken three different times. Not one time. We're not increasing the price of chicken once. We're increasing the price of chicken three different places. Okay. That is inflation. It is not just chicken. It happens on everything. It happens like we talked about last week, shipping stuff from overseas. It happens on production lines here. It happens on cost of goods. It happens on everything. Yeah. That's why your chicken sandwich is going to cost. I mean, right now, they're most chicken sandwich average. Just stay in your chicken line. It's probably about $10 per sandwich. Uh, now it's probably going to go to $15 a sandwich. And I'm talking not with fries or anything else. So, when the government as a whole stops pumping fake money into our economy, stops paying people to sit at home, stops, doesn't necessarily stop all the welfare programs, but has to tighten up the welfare programs because we can only pay for the amount of money that the government's giving out so long. Eventually, that fucking bucket dries up or we have 80% federal income tax. Right. But you want to start a civil war, watch. Go to fucking 80% for federal income tax. Good luck. Um, when that money dries up, our f- inflated, our fake economy that we have right now yeah. is going to fucking crumble. Yeah. It's going to crumble. It's going to be very scary. And it is not going to be a COVID dip down to 2200 where we're back up to 4500 in eight months. Yeah. We are going to crash and it is going to be one of the slowest climbs that you've ever seen because it is not a a scared investors that causes it. It is actual structural, mental, psychological problems that have exacerbated generations of workers. And we're going to be fucked. Your, Your retirement, that is, you know, what you're counting on. If you need to retire in the next 20 years, you may not see that come back up to where it's going to be right now. Right. But the feds are also trying to come in and control how much you can contribute to your retirement, as well as, uh, I believe, getting um, rid of the Roth IRA, correct? Are they? Yeah. And the last infrastructure uh, bill they're trying to push? They re- they get rid of the Roth. Correct. <sighs> and we just talked about the benefits of yep. the Roth IRA. Yeah. So- so that's on the docket as well. Because they need their fucking, they need, they need their government cheese. Exactly. They need their money. They need their take. Exactly. So, you know, I don't know what the number is. You know, now they're apparently, they're talking about that, you know, they're not going for the three and a half trillion, but still, even if they're taking it down, I mean, there's, there's always so much underlying in those bills that, you know, they're pushing money back to themselves or in that last bill, they push money to New York and San Francisco. So we're paying off, you know, debt there. So it's just, you know, what do you know is true? But, you know, what do we tell our listeners of what's coming up? Because hyperinflation is going to be a problem. And we're going to have some supply problems mid-December here. Hyperinflation so. without growth is called stagflation. And that is fucking this one of the scariest things. That's what caused the, you know, that was called the, the economic downturn in the 80s. That was a fucking problem. Yeah. So what do we tell our listeners instead of? You know, the society is going to turn into the toilet paper, you know, run again. Uh, Costco's already out today. I got a call today saying, hey, Costco's out of toilet paper. If you need to get some, you might want to run to Woodman's. Are you serious? Yeah. Yep. Got a call. Phone call today. 
So are people on the uh, toilet paper stashing? I don't know if they're on the stashing or if it's a supply issue. I've not I've not looked into it, but I yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because, yeah, I got a call today from from Uh, buddy that said they're out. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that's just people going crazy. But uh, I don't know. Looking at things, I mean, supply, I thought was probably going to be we're not going to see shortages till December, but I could be wrong. So so what can you do? What can you do with your right? What can you do with your money? Because you can only buy so much food supply. I mean, guns and ammo, um, health, safety, first aid. You got to feed your family. What are you going to do? I mean, people stock like us, here, people like us here can can hunt and stock the freezer. Yeah. Not everybody can do that everywhere. But you can buy when you go to the grocery store, buy an extra bag of chicken breast, frozen chicken breast every time you go. Throw it in the freezer and keep two or three shelves that are just for, you know, backup. Rotate them through. When you buy a new one, throw it in. You know, you're going to have to get creative with what you can do with your money because you don't want to just bury it in the fucking backyard. Because that's not helping anybody. But you do want to make sure that you're on the fine balance between preparedness and loosely crazy. Right. Right? Correct. Because right now, I mean, with what we're talking about, there's been uh, talk about vilifying people that are, you know, I guess, what's the term for the preparedness folks? The preppers. The preppers. Yeah. So there's a term to vilify them. So why is that we're going to go into a shortage and now we're going to vilify the people that are, you know, being sensibly prepared? Well, I think that. Or are they talking about the ones that are. They're the crazy. I think they're talking about the crazy ones. Yeah, yeah, I think they're talking about the crazy ones. Not so sensibly prepared, I think, is what we're talking about. Towing that fine line. Right. I think they're talking about the people that have, you know, pallets and pallets and pallets of bottled water and storage units and the guys that are burying um, containers in their backyard. FYI, you can't bury um, shipping containers. Because I don't know if you if you understand how a shipping container little uh, detour here shipping containers are only strong up and down vertically stacked when you bury them the dirt pushes in on the sides and they collapse so don't buy shipping containers thinking you're going to bury a bunch of shit in your backyard because you're going to choose shock because I've not heard about this yeah so people are what burying shipping containers in the ground yeah yeah that's like for their for their storage not. Uh, kind of like a like a root cellar or like a storage cellar. Yeah. Yeah. Burying them and then because you, you can still get to the door if you leave it open. You know what I mean? Like you leave it on a hill or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, they're using it basically like building a, a storage unit in your on your property, but using a shipping container to do it cheap. And you can't do that. FYI, you got to fill them with gable baskets and fill them with rocks on the outside so that they don't collapse if you do want to do that. But. Wow. Yeah, so that's I mean, what I'm talking about. If I was going to have a container the the in my top, backyard, I just right? put it in my backyard. Like, those are the over-the-top preppers. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, that's a little crazy. Those are the ones that are getting vilified. Yeah. Um, wokeness, the administration. Um, oh, yeah, that's one I definitely want to hit. We could almost do a whole podcast on wokeness, but the the one that makes me think is the administration just took a, um, a very hard-line la- stand on gender equality, but using it, to basically erode more American rights. And also the letter that they put out to the to the world is that we're going to instead of how we used to push democracy on the world, we're now pushing gender equality on the world. But 
that sounds good, right? Like that's what government does. They put these big overarching uh, titles, big headlines, but then inside they are eroding second amendment rights by, you know, um, women that are being assaulted by their husband's guns and online privacy um, by women that are being harassed online. And it's all these using of using a, 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 an angel headline with devil details. Right. Which only uh, the rest of the world looks and goes, fuck you. There's a small population in the U S. So if you look at this, you know, and I call it woke smoke. So the more the administration screws up, the more woke smoke they blow. Yeah. I, I just think it's all a diversion and they, there's a very small population that this appeases. So this isn't like 50%, you know, this isn't all of the, you know, Democrats have voted for Biden. This is just a tiny, small. It's the vocal minority. Yeah. Which literally is, you know, when I picture, I picture that, you know, the heavy set, purple haired nose ring. Uh, it was jobless. It was. What was it? Uh, pronoun day. Yeah. Last, last week. Right. Yeah. Right after. Uh, yeah. China announces a uh, <laughs> shot. Of did we talk the about the, the nuke? The so- supersonic? I don't think we did. If we did, we did, if we, we did, did I apologize. Yeah. If we did, I apologize. But China in August um, quietly launched a supersonic nuclear missile that orbited uh, low orbit. Right. Yeah. So it goes into low orbit orbited the earth and then landed 20 miles away from away from where it was supposed to, but still relanded and it has nuclear capabilities. The problem is, is no um, missile interruption system that we have has the ability to take down a supersonic um, missile. It, it can't, it can't acquire the target and it can't take it out before it launches or before yeah. it drops its payload, I guess. Right. Or blows up, whatever, however they work. So they um, come around and uh, take out missile command. And I, I did see. So have you, you ever uh, get on RT uh, Russia today? No, I try not to. Uh, honestly, it's Probably a pretty. Should. No. So it's a it's a pretty open news source for anything not involving Russia. I wouldn't necessarily read the any articles that have to do with Russia, because I think that there probably is some bias some there propaganda going on some some propaganda some bias <laughs> yeah. but for a lot of other things it is a fairly unbiased news source for stuff in the in the rest of the world yeah. and the, and it may be like it may be unbiased just because they fucking don't like anybody but i did True. see an article on there today that um russia and china just did their first um warship drill out in the Pacific. Yeah. Together. So that's good. Ooh. Yeah. It's all unsettling. Doesn't seem like a big deal at all. <laughs> to most people because we're worried about pronouns. Yeah. What's your pronoun? Well, right now it's American. Pretty soon it might be Russian or Chinese. Oh, that's not a pronoun. <laughs> that's who you pay your taxes to. Oh, good point. Yeah. And that's you know, I got in a discussion where I got heated in, uh, this past week. It's, it's just talking about everything going on right now. Um, I always link back to the election. And wh- whether or not, you know, you like Bozo the Clown on one side and Mickey Mouse on the other, it, it doesn't matter. I keep telling people it's okay. When it comes to election time, the very first thing, the only, or the only thing I really look at is, all right, I look at where the 
um, each party is dominant in each state. And I look at the policies that they've put in place and then I look at the result. So if I want that to be the model for what this country is going to run on, well, then I pick that side. I mean, that's fairly, I mean, it's common sense. That's, isn't a, really, really, right? that's a really good point. What party dominates the successful states currently? Yeah. I mean, when you're hiring somebody, wouldn't you look at their past history and say, okay, well, if I want to hire a president of the company and I'm looking at either a VP or a national manager and I look at the product of what they've done and if it's been, if their quote policies or techniques or processes have been successful, well, I'd feel pretty damn confident, confident putting them in the president's role. Correct. Are you saying that Illinois, New York and California are not successful? Well, <laughs> look at the results, I guess. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, turn your head and go look over there and just say, hey, look at the data. Look, you know, look at what's going on. Some and of the largest mass exoduses yeah. that we've seen. I mean, not Illinois so much. I mean, Illinois is just a fucking shithole. I mean, half of their government. If you're from Illinois, I'm sorry. I mean, it's not all of Illinois, but I think, like it's, half it's of your, County. I think like half of your government has been in, indicted in jail at some point in time. Oh, yeah. And I feel bad because the all out everything outlying Cook County, you know, because it's Chicago and it's a huge, huge ass county. Yeah. And um, everybody outside of there, I, I think they're a polar opposite belief, you know, politically. Yeah. But they're just. You're screwed. You're screwed. Yeah. yeah. You're screwed in New York. You're yeah. screwed in California. But you let these people have. I mean, they have full power. Yeah. To make everything better. And they don't. No. And do I want that for the country? Hell no. Yeah. So I don't care whether they're, you know, donkey or elephant or red or blue. It's what did you guys do? Oh, well, I don't want you guys doing that here. But apparently voters don't get that. So, you know, reiterate my point from last time. Maybe we should have an IQ test. Maybe people should take the wonder lick and you got to score more than 20 points in order to vote. Maybe you need to qualify to even hold citizenship in the U.S. I don't know. Qualify to vote and qualify to reproduce. I'm in. I vote. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to be a productive citizen of the U.S., right? Yeah. So, which means mentally you got to have some qualification to contribute, I sure hope. But, you know, we're the land of the free. So, we got a lot of freeloaders. Land land of the free paid for by yeah, the so minority that works their ass off. Exactly. The 20% that uh, takes care of the 80%. Yeah. I hate to be mean, but I mean, it's just, it's getting to a point where, hey, you know what? I was in this discussion. So if you're voting for personality, guess what? Personality doesn't affect my my bank book. It doesn't affect me having to provide for my family and for my retirement. But the problem is, you know, when you start talking policy, guess what? Policy affects my bank book. And a perfect example, if you ever worked in a workplace and there's always that dude or you know that gal or whatever pronoun you want to put on it nowadays that pisses everybody off they you it's know? a they, they're 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 a they uh, they're a they a they okay i'll use they <laughs> you know they, they piss everybody off they yeah. got a personality that sucks ass but guess what they do well for the company and everybody gets what their uh, end of the year bonuses and all that because this person is very successful at what they do in their processes and policy, but their personality sucks ass. Would you rather have that or just have some, you know, dude, nice guy that doesn't get anything done. Right. 
So I, I'll even take it. I'll even take it a step further. Um, Donald Trump has an ego larger than any fucking human being. I think on the face of the earth, he has no idea how to control it. If you say that he can't do something, he will, he will uproot everything that he believes in just to do something that you said he was not going to do. There is a chance that he ran for president the first time because Barack Obama sat up in front of a giant audience and said, Oh, there's one thing that that. you will never be that I am. And that's president of the United States. There's a chance that that's why he ran. Right. Okay, fine. I get it. Totally understand. I, uh, I can point my finger at that and, and point it out. Do you know what the funniest thing is, is that ego drives him to do some things that I would like my president to do because they think it's intelligent, but he does it because he thinks he's saving the world because he is God's gift to American and and the human race. Maybe even he stepped up to do what nobody else could do. I had to do it because nobody else would do it. That's his ego, but he's doing that because of his ego but they're the things that I want done. So yeah. I'm totally okay with it, which is totally yeah. fucked up. It's an ass backwards way to think, but I would rather have that than somebody that is doing things totally different than what I think should be done. But they're even if they're doing them for what they think is the right reasons, because no matter what the intent is, the action is important when it comes to policy. Yeah. Exactly. The follow through. Yeah. But Trump was that way even before he, he was 100%. in office. So there was no surprise. No. But everybody acts like they're, they're so surprised. Well, and then you got the media just completely yeah. spinning. I mean, he's not a racist dude. <laughs> no. If he was a racist dude, I mean, you're talking Mike Tyson. No. Um, even Oprah. Gosh, I mean, he was even a guy that donated so much to the the Democratic Party prior I yeah. mean, the Clintons and everything else, too. Yeah. Just all of a sudden he gets in office and threatens the whole, whether they're left or right, just threatens the whole political comfortability. Yeah. Of, you know, I know you talk about, well, these politicians going to office, whether they're left or right, and they're trying to do what they think is right. And to me, I just look at it as sometimes they, they're in office so long that they become self-serving. And they're just padding their own bank books and, you know, buying their their homes. They got to have a home in D.C., but they also have a home in their district, right? COVID vaccines. <clears throat> COVID vaccines. <laughs> oh, should we roll in the COVID vaccines? I mean, you're talking about padding pocketbooks. And I actually, me and my brother went down some rabbit holes this week about, do you know who's paying for the COVID vaccines? If you go get vaccinated, do you know who pays for it? If I go vaccinated, who? Who pays for it? Do you have any idea? Well, I know they're going to insurances no. to get the testing done. Yeah. The government pays for every vaccine, every um, vial of vaccination. Oh. The U.S. government pays for yeah. that. $8. No, $19 a dose. Yeah. They're paying, yeah, they're Pfizer. Paying 19, and, uh, they're paying Pfizer, BioNTech, whatever. $19 a dose. Yeah. Pfizer is going to profit $9 billion dollars in 2021 from covid vaccines look who pfizer is sponsoring nine billion dollars how much of that nine billion dollars in profit do you think is promised to the talking heads in our government 
for when they retire and need a need speaking gigs and need a a K Street job to lobby. They need um what what's what's the word where you go in and you you help a company work through the you know the government mandate whatever whatever like. You know, you get a oh, job. They're gonna consultant, consultant, gigs. Yeah, yeah, consultant contracts. Where do you think? How much of that nine billion? And it's nine billion this year. It'll be forty billion in the next two years, oh, yeah. three years. Boosters, extra shots, next vaccine. Yeah, let's not pull the wool over our own fucking eyes and think that all of this is just to save the people. Right. Because if all of this was just to save the people and keep people healthy, we'd be going after fast food, soda, cigarettes. Oh, exactly. Heroin. And still to this day, the government has not said a single peep about human health at all. Nope. Nothing about diets. Nope. Nothing about the fact that there's obesity. Nothing about the fact that, you know, the the rate of cancer. Diabetes is rampant. Not a peep. Nope. So you think they would be giving away what free cancer treatments? I mean, if we're talking about actually saving lives, shouldn't they be concerned? Publicly funded, all kinds of gym cancer programs. out there. Do you think I'd subsidize uh, healthy food? Maybe they'd get rid of uh, some of the bullshit that's in the grocery stores. Some of the chemicals. No, no, has nothing to do with it. I haven't heard a single damn thing. Nine billion dollars. Yeah. But meanwhile, you know, here's another current event is, is Rogan gets uh, um, Gupta from CNN basically on his podcast. And, you know, Rogan, it's totally I mean, that's intelligent of him. He's just bringing him on to confront him about, hey, horse dewormer. Yeah. You guys kept saying that I was taking horse to You're lying. You know, you blatantly lied. Yeah. For shock value. Right. You lied for shock value. Well, no, I don't think. No. And he, and the, the best thing that he did in that podcast is he held him to it. No, yeah. we're not going to move on. You lied. Your news network lied. Why? Yeah. No, we're not going to move on. You lied. Yeah. Held him, he held his feet to the fire. Yeah. And he can. I mean, he's he's got more uh, listeners in, in CNN. Yeah, as, he gets uh, more downloads than CNN gets viewership. Yeah. I think by like tenfold. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. So, you know, what does that tell you? I mean, ivermectin is out of patent. So I believe it's like uh, pennies, right? It's got to be less than 50 cents. Yep. Per dose, 30 cents a dose, I'm we, guessing. We have friends um, that just had COVID uh, beginning of September. And she went to a naturopath. And the naturopath had to take her name off of her. And I won't give the company's name, but she had to take her name off of the doctor list for a very large hospital um, in our not in our immediate vicinity, but a little ways away, um, because they said that they would um, start to cut doctors if they were prescribing ivermectin. Really? Yep. So can a naturopath uh, or order it yeah yeah she's she has she's an md so she gave her yeah she gave her prescription and she took it and, and um she's fine i'm she had some sniffles and and it wasn't bad and that that's there's no saying that that's because of the ivermectin it it's um correlation is not causation yeah. and it, we, the ivermectin supposed to do 
yeah. what it has done as a, you know, Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. It's an antiviral. It's a, it's a, it's an antiviral used in millions of people throughout the, you know, antiparasitical. Mm, yes. Sorry. But the, throughout um, the, the middle of the, the yeah. equator belt for different parasites. Just like this guy that I met uh, on yeah. that plane. Yep. Took ivermectin, had to get a prescribed to a vet. Yep. And it worked too. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. And I just, and the, the fact is like, I am not saying that it's perfect, but I'm saying that when somebody pushes that hard against it, it makes me curious. Right. I feel the same way. Cause it's not, it's not killing people. Yeah. It's not harming people. So why don't Pfizer take a version of Ivermectin? They are. They're, they're already pushing for a, an emergency use patent for a prophylactic that has an, a quote unquote, um, experimental antiparasitic, which in theory would be. So if you guys don't understand if seriously, if you guys have not read that pharma book by Gerald Posner, fucking do it. It's scary. But what they'll do is they'll take something and Pfizer will go in and they'll take something like Ivermectin that's off, that's off patent and they'll take it and they'll add one, um, carbon backbone to part of the, the molecule or something like that. So they can call it something else, slap a patent on it, slap a patent on it. They will actually patent it. And they do these things where they patent it for, um, this won't be like that, but with some diseases, what they'll do is they'll patent it for a very, very small disease and they'll get rushed through FDA because when it's for a small disease, they give you extra benefits. They'll get part of their research paid for, and then they'll get extra long patents. So they'll put it for um, this one specific tiny disease, and then they'll push for off-label prescriptions from doctors for all of the diseases. Um, So they get all the funding for a very tiny disease, but then they get it million, billions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars of sales because it's for an overall um, you know, type of big disease. But so what they're doing here is they, they're pushing through an, a prophylactic, a daily prophylactic that is an antiparasitic. I'm not going to say it's similar to ivermectin, but it would not surprise me if it's similar to ivermectin or if it was, or if it was ivermectin with an extra, you know, carbon chromosome on the backbone or whatever. Right. Um, but you know what? We pay a little more money for something that actually is proven and works and is safe. Versus, you know, trying to mandate everybody to take something right now that we don't know. Yeah. But the problem is, wasn't the uh, vaccine brought out to prevent? I mean, if so, here's another thing. Um, Waterford, Waterford, Weatherford, Ireland, 99.7% of 18 and over adults vaccinated. Highest percentage in Ireland. Also, the highest percent of COVID positives in Ireland. Yeah. The vaccine is, a, is, is really good at reducing symptoms. Is it? For a certain portion of people, it is really good at reducing symptoms. It but, is. But if you are obese and you have other health issues, it doesn't do anything. I think it still reduces symptoms. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Because people that I know that have been vaccinated that are in poor health end up being hospitalized anyway. Really? People yeah. that you personally know? Yeah. Okay. Which so is I, weird because most of the people that I know that have gotten vaccinated 
basically all of them have gotten uh, COVID. So I know, I think everybody's going to get it at some point in time. I think that's where we're at. Everybody's just going to get it. Um, but here's a question. I think I've posed this question before on this podcast. God, we fucking talk about COVID way too much. Well, that's a hot topic of the day. It is. I it think is. Everybody wants to know. If you get COVID and I get COVID, I'm unvaccinated and it kicks my ass. You're vaccinated and it barely kicks your ass, but you get it. So you still have viral shed, right? You're still, when you sneeze or you cough or you breathe, it's, you're still breathing out molecules of COVID. Yeah. I'm stuck in my bed because it kicked my ass for four days and then I'm recovering, right? You are not quarantined. You are out doing your normal job. You're grocery shopping. You're at the gym. You're at the gas station. You're doing all this shit. Who's spreading more? Right. You. Yeah. Because whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, you're still spreading it. I'm not convinced on the, uh, you know, lightening of symptoms right now. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think it, it does anything. Other than there's, you know, long-term effects that we don't know because it skipped, you know, the, you know, the two biggest uh, test hurdles that most vaccines take years to, you know, develop and get out. So, I don't know. I mean, the virus itself, I didn't, you know, write the the numbers, but the new virus numbers for through October 15th, you know, 818,000 adverse events. You know, there's over 100. 25,000 doctor visits, 83,000 hospitalizations, 92,000 in urgent care, 26,000 plus disabled. And this is a big one, uh, 10,000 plus having Bell's palsy, you know, palsy, uh, you know, effects, you know, affects the nervous systems, uh, 10,000 plus myocarditis, 8,408 heart attacks, 2,631 miscarriages, which we so the knew one that thing the one thing we needed the one thing we would need to do for that to be any any of those numbers to be significant is to take what those numbers would be amongst a normal population, what the percentage for all of those things would be amongst a normal population, vaccinated or unvaccinated, to know what of those numbers are elevated because you're going to have in 300 million people don't numbers are really hard for our brains to wrap their fucking heads around and in 300 million people you're going to have a certain percentage of people that have and it's more than 300 million right because is that only is verse only um united states correct okay so 300 million in 300 million people you're going to have thousands of people have heart attacks thousands of people have Bell's palsy. Thousands of people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we need to be able to to be able to look at those numbers and, and say what is the elevated percentage right. versus normal. So you take what? 50% of the population. So now you're down to 180 some thousand that million. gotten vaccinated. Million. What? Million. 180 million. 180 million got yeah. vaccinated? Well, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the number, but if we're at 50%, that's 180 million. Yeah. So... You take that and then you say, okay, well, these are all the right after they got vaccinated within what one or two weeks. I have to look at what the fine line fine line is, but you know, there's seventeen thousand one hundred and twenty-eight deaths is what they're reporting. So whether or not you know how accurate those numbers are, it's and what and what those deaths are contributed to. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, do you know how many people die every minute i think it's two people a minute no two people a second die in the world yeah like our our brains have a really hard time digesting 
large numbers. Yeah. Like a million versus a billion versus a trillion, right? There's 7 billion people on the earth. A million in $100 bills is a backpack or a duffel bag. A billion of $100 bills is two pallets of money. A trillion is like a football field of pallets stacked too tall. So like just the exponential gain of numbers is really hard for us to understand. So that's what I, I really try not to look at numbers like that the way that news wants to report on them especially yeah. you know conservative news when they're like there's many deaths well out of 300 million people or 170 you know 150 million people you're going to have a lot of them die right because a lot of them are going to be born yeah but the thing so, is when we look at news though they're reporting this is how they reported uh covid and what did administration say you know any deaths Oh yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent, totally 8, 000, fucked up. Eight thousand yeah. people, eight thousand yeah. people died from COVID. No, totally fucked up. And and like you said, you know, they're not looking at okay, out of how many million, and you know, I'm a stats guy, so basically, if you take the percentages, well, you're still less than 02 percent. Yeah. And then I need to compare that with okay, what happens with uh, the regular annual flu? Yeah. Like in Wisconsin, all of a sudden there was one case of flu last year. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? Well. And so the weird thing about the flu is, is all the flu numbers you ever read aren't actually tested. They're estimates. Like we don't do because you get the very rarely do you get a flu test. Right. right. You know, they, they can, where they actually test to see whether you have the flu. But these oh. are the people that and I know a lot of people that the minute they, you know, they get something or their kids get something, what happens? Boom. They're in the ER. And what do they get? Amoxicillin. I, I yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Antibiotics. There's I a mean, ton of people that antibiotics are scary. Like you want to get off a totally fucking where we got two minutes left before the hour. But we antibiotics are, are a scary thing because um, here, but let's go right back into the pharmacy and right back into dicking on Pfizer and all the other big pharmaceutical companies. It takes months or years to discover new antibiotics because it's antibiotics are a natural um item if you get a let's say you get a, a very scary antibiotic resistant infection okay and i have this magical antibiotic and i give it to you maybe 2 weeks max right you're going to be on it yeah okay so i've made let's say $100 a day you're on it for 2 weeks i've made $1400 Okay, and $100 a day is pretty fucking expensive, but I made $1,400. If I'm a company and I design something for psoriatic arthritis, okay, and you have psoriatic arthritis, psoriatic, is that the right word? I, I think know. that's the right word. I'm trying to think psoriatic. Psoriatic. Anyways, the, one of the weird arthritis is where you're yeah. actually, it's actually attacking your joints or your skin or whatever, right? Like these are small, small groups of people, but very, very intense pains that they deal with. Very yeah. intense. Let's say I charge $100 a day for that. And I design that drug. That drug you are going to take every day for the rest of your fucking life. So why would I put all of that time and all of that money into designing an antibiotic that I'm going to make $1,400 on to one that I could design for person B where I'm going to make 
350, you know, $35,000, not 350,000, $35,000 a year on. Yeah. Because that's what some of these drugs cost. And then they'll take this drug and they'll make it like I just like I just got done saying for this specific tiny arthritis. And they'll get government funding for it. They will get pushed through the FDA faster because it's all these fairy fairy tale rules, because when the government put into all these FDA rules, they did not want these companies to not design these medicines. So they made it really advantageous for them to design these really tight knit medicines that I think it's less than 10,000 cases per year is, is where they cut off. Yeah. So it's the specific arthritis that you get, right? And they'll even take it and they'll say, this is specifically for kids under 12 that get this specific arthritis. So that, that makes it under 10,000 people. They'll get all this funding. They'll get all this help. They'll get it pushed through. They'll get extra long patents. And then they'll come in and say, but it does work for all psoriatic arthritis for everyone Jeez. and they'll get all of these prescriptions well that's dirty as fuck yeah. you know what you know who's trying to fix it donald trump you know what you never heard of right now no no he was no i'm saying he oh, was. was okay i was like his administration was trying to fix this yeah, you know how, what you never how, heard of how's he trying to fix it uh we're gonna base our prescription prices off of um 17 different first world countries prices oh that's right yeah and so our and so our prescription prices were going to be we're going to be based off of the average of the 17 first world countries um because our prescription prices are are outlandish compared to all these other countries but and what the what the democrats want to do is just limit the prescription price just you can only make so much well guess if you're a fucking if you're a business and they're limiting the price i'm just not going to design any more prescriptions for that shit why why would i design any more drugs when i could make so much more money designing for this or whatever, or this over the here. Right. Yeah. So they had this great plan that the Trump administration, and, and this didn't come out of his fucking head. He just was smart enough to, to know that it was a problem and put somebody on it. Oh yeah. Um, their plan was to take the 17 first world countries that are the biggest countries and the, and the biggest, best, best medical systems and take their average for what they would charge for these drugs. Some are single payer systems, some are government mandated, some are private, like all these different countries, they have all these different ways and they would take an average and then that's where our prices would be based off of. And that was the process as to how they got the insulin prices down. That's what they were trying to do. They were trying to get it pushed through and then it, and it just, they just didn't get it all done before they were ousted. Yeah. No, that makes, okay. That makes sense. But anyways, I don't know how the fuck we got on that topic, but we got on that pharma. big pharma scary shit yeah one last thing speaking of gerald posner because he also wrote a jfk book did you see that biden just prolonged the release of a bunch of jfk assassination documents no i yeah. did not see that yeah just all. just it was supposed to come out this week and he just um delayed it why um, what, what this writer thinks is that there was a lot of very damning, um, information in there about what the CIA knew that would make them look very poor. Like the CIA look very poor. Yeah. What's that got to do with, uh, I have no idea, but that's what he thinks is it's it, like, because what was it? Uh, Oswald went to Mexico and met with Cuban and Russian, um, government people, Intel people two yeah. weeks before or six weeks before or something like that. And apparently like there was probably, it was probably flagged that he was doing that. 
and net was not watched or anything. And, and that's the, that's the yeah. total speculation. But yeah, just delayed it. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. I mean, it doesn't apply to him now, right? His administration. I wouldn't think so. Doesn't apply to the CIA now. Does it? Unless it makes people start thinking about the, you know. Does it make. How corrupted they are. Does it make um, other countries look bad that he doesn't want to make look bad? That maybe he is in their pocket of? How many more countries? I don't know. Or just communism, period? Yeah. Well, I can see that. Yeah. So how long has he delayed this for? I didn't see how long it's going to be delayed. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to listen to that guy, especially after the uh the um, what's his last not the open house uh town hall that he just yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, what, what is fucking it? Fucking disaster. Um even Saturday Night Live is on the shitting on Biden train talking about Are you serious. Yeah, oh yeah, Saturday Night Live last anymore. night. Um basically poking fun at his approval approval numbers because his approval numbers are now are they mid thirties? Uh they are the worst of any president since World War Two. Jeez. Well I know it was down to thirty seven percent. Yeah. So I don't know if it dropped any lower, but yeah. The town hall was a complete utter disaster. He started going off on stuff that was already debunked. <laughs> it just he sounds like, you know, your senile uncle at the you know Thanksgiving dinner, sitting in the corner, talking to himself. I mean, he, he's really bad. Yeah. So I, I'm not even gonna predict because I didn't think he'd last so, this long. Crenshaw 2024. Crenshaw. I know some people didn't like when I posted, uh, you know, Tulsi. But for me, let's get back to that. Like you were talking about the yin and the yang, right? Yeah. I may not agree with everything like Tulsi states, but at least she's more of a moderate. Than you know, just saying, oh, let's just throw you know two Republicans in there, you know. As an independent, I'd rather see, you know, good banter, yeah. especially if you have a VP and a president that's, you know, both of them are sensible, both of them are you know warrior class. They've they've been around, so I think that I think that our goal going into twenty twenty four with this podcast, because by then we're going to have a huge audience, is going to be primaries getting people involved in the primaries so that we are choosing the people that are running for office, not, Oh, I'm choosing between, you know, two devils, right? Which devil is worse. Right. Because that's a lot of what these last two elections were. Yeah. Is two devils. I think that's a great point because I think that, you know, for us, we're not telling you who to vote for. But to start that thinking process of, okay, if you're going to vote, you know, you really need to walk through the, the facts, the data, you know, critically think through this. And let's and, and, and let's get together and figure out the right candidate for the parties, not wait until it's the candidate and then we're just voting for one party because that's what our parents voted for. Right. Exactly. Going neutral. And yeah, let's figure out together. That's awesome. Nice. Awesome. We're good. We're hour eight again. That's a wrap. <laughs> we didn't dive into anything. 
You were got you guys were gonna get the whiskey. spirits whiskey alcohol training since that's basically my my background and and my last sixteen years of my life and we we're gonna talk whiskey bourbon Irish Scotch details what it is what makes one versus the other but no now you're fucked you don't get it all <laughs> and I think next week uh, I think we're gonna deep dive into the ego. Ooh. That'll be a good one. A lot of people don't understand ego. They don't understand what the ego is. They don't understand what um, controlling the ego is. They think ego. They think of egotistical. You know, they think of the guy yeah. that that lifts too much weights because he's, you know, because he's got a big ego. And that it that is an ego, but that's not the ego. The ego is yeah. is what you need to control inside your head so that you are actually doing what you need to do to improve, not um, doing what makes other people look at you better. So. Wow. Um, I'll I'll do a bunch of research this week, get into some Ryan Holiday books, and and we'll go from there. Sounds Rat. good. <laughs>